Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Running the option on first down. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson. Colorado is going to the NCAA tournament. Stewart with time. Let's it go. He's got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Um, it actually is exactly midnight right now. Um, it was kind of a long day. There was a bunch of different stuff that I needed to get done. One of the big things, though, was reading up on Brennan Marion. So... He's the guy who was rumored earlier today to potentially be the next offensive coordinator at Colorado. It, w- it wasn't like a firm rumor, but sounds like he's at least been in the interviews. From what Carl had to say at signing day yesterday, it sounded like he had it down to about three guys. I think it's probably pretty safe to say that Brendan Marion is one of those three guys. I don't have any information on that stuff, so just that caveat, all these things I'm saying are my thoughts and not based on what other people have told me or whatever today. Um, So get that out there. But, you know, you hear the name and it's like, okay, Brennan Marion, eh, I've never heard of the guy. Let's give him a Google. And the deeper you get, the more interesting his background is. And so we're going to run through all of that, including like... I mean, there's just so much going on here. Um, big picture, though, I'm excited about him. And I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it. One is that, like, if he's the offensive coordinator, I'm going to be really hyped. The other is, if he's not the offensive coordinator, well, one of those other two guys must be a really good coach, a really exciting coach, or something like that. Um, and we'll dig in more in a second. Uh, also, I've got an interview with Lawson Lovering that I'm going to play later on. So that's going to be right at the very end of the podcast. I don't think we're going to talk too much about it, um, but 
you know, it was probably seven, eight minutes, some good stuff talking about Christmas, talking about not playing and playing and being big and not slouching so much and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, so stick around for that. Or, I mean, if you really aren't interested in Brendan Marion, first of all, you are insane. Second of all, you could just skip to the end um, and feel free to do that. Not that you need my permission. It's a podcast. That's how it works. Again, it's midnight. It's a long day. I was watching, like, he did this hour-long podcast. Uh, he's written a bunch of things. I spent way too long, probably, trying to find the book that he wrote on the go-go offense, which is an offense that he developed. Um, and we'll get into the details in a second. But he wrote a book about it a couple of years ago, and you can only buy it on Amazon, and they have to ship it to you. So... I haven't read that book and I actually haven't ordered it yet because I didn't feel like a, a midnight purchase was really going to be the difference between like it getting here a day early. Um, and again, financial decisions should not be made at this time of night is something that I've learned about myself. And uh, although it isn't the most expensive book, when you have a rule, you stick with your rule. Um, so I'm going to wake up nice and early tomorrow morning and say, if this guy isn't the offensive coordinator, do I still want to read the book? And I know right now the answer is yes. I think it's going to be yes again tomorrow. The point is there's been a bunch of stuff written about him. Um, there's a podcast he's been on videos he's done on YouTube. I really studied up not because that was my intention. I was thinking I would read like an article or something, figure out what he's about. And then we talk about some basketball right now or talk a little bit more about some football right now. Um, but it's all so interesting that we have to dig in. And I'm going to stop teasing how interesting it is and just tell you why he's such an interesting guy. Um, let's just start with why people know his name. Um, he got onto the map, I think it was 2018, um, no, it was 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2017, actually, um, when he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Howard. Now, Howard is not a football powerhouse by any means, um, but in what I believe was his first game, it was either his first game or the first game of the second season, 90% sure it was his first game, they took on UNLV. And again, Howard, one of the very worst FCS schools. Um, and just listening to him talk, you know, we pointed out they didn't have a strength coach until July. Uh, they had a 225 pounder starting at right tackle. Um, they, they were 40 plus point underdogs against UNLV on the road. They went in and beat UNLV. It was the biggest upset, still the biggest upset in the history of college football against the spread. And the reason it happened was because, Howard ran all over UNLV. You know, sometimes you see upsets like, well, we can bash Montana for a second because it's not really bashing, but Montana beat Washington this year. And how did they beat him? It was an ugly game. There were some turnovers. They grounded out. They did look like the better team. They ran the ball better. The defense was locked down. But what, they won 10-7? to So it was kind of ugly, gritty, grindy. When Howard beat UNLV... They had over 400 yards of offense. They had over 300 yards rushing. Just bullied them. And the reason they were able to run is because of the go-go offense, which I mentioned earlier. So that is the offense that Brennan Marion developed. And 
to get an idea of how he developed it, basically, in his words, it's because he just was given total creative control over the teams that he coached. You know, he was uh, a head coach at um, a, a really bad high school, um, a couple of different really bad high schools, 2013, 2014, um, and was just given total creative control. And when you take over a team that hasn't won a game in a while, I think he said one of the teams, they only had seven players when he took the coaching job and was able to get up to 45, got them to the playoffs. And again, when you do that, you aren't forced to do things conventionally. People are like, see what you can do. And what he decided was the go-go offense, which again, came from his brain and has been kind of tweaked and grown since then. Um, but that's why it happened because he was at West Valley College and Harker School and St. Patrick St. Vincent High School and Waynesboro Area High School. Um, he was a running backs coach at Oklahoma Baptist later on. Some of that kind of stuff. The way it works is this. It is a two-back power run deep shot offense with a triple option element. That's how he explains it. And I'll say it again because he he goes back to this. It's a two-back, so two running backs in the backfield, power run, deep shot offense with a triple option element. Now, the kind of basis is that every run play that you can think of, whether it's a, a trap or a power or a counter or zone or whatever, every run play you can think of can be turned into a triple option. And that's what he does is he turns it into a triple option. Um, He said he went back, he watched a bunch of film of, you know, all sorts of like the true triple option teams, you know, Roger Staubach back in his day, um, but said, we're going to take it out from under center. So it's a shotgun offense and we're going to modernize it. And so at this point, you know, we'll get into some more of the details later on, I guess, in terms of like, is it gimmicky? But right now he says that there are 25 formations where the backs are side by side. And so this is kind of that base look. You have your quarterback in the shotgun and then to his left, there are two running backs. So you've got three guys kind of just lined up right there. And so there's just so many different things you can do. You can have different guys run the ball. You can have different guys running in misdirection. Um, you Different guys blocking. You can have both guys run out in front of the quarterback and block for him and all of a sudden change the numbers over there. Um, and it's a very creative offense. And again, he says that the reason he was able to build it is because if you go a more traditional route through coaching, um, he's 34, by the way. I don't think we've said that. He's 34. If you go a more traditional route, then you're kind of just copying and pasting. You know, you're, you're doing what everybody else does and the things that work, and you don't get to branch out this far. And when you do branch out this far, sometimes you find things that work, and that's what he did. Um, now, again, it's not just like a true triple option offense. You know, there's true runs. There's a bunch of passes. There's quick game. There's shots. It is a very diverse offense. There's guys in motion. A lot of it is very modern. Uh, I mean, it's all very modern. It's all brand new. But it isn't... I think saying triple option puts it in a box. I think that there's kind of a stigma that comes along with that word. And 
I don't think it should be there in this case. So, again, let's just kind of jump back in. So, 2017, he has the upset win over UNLV while he's at Howard as the offensive coordinator. Again, there's a massive talent differential. There's a massive, basically everything differential. 225-pound right tackle. We'll say that part again. And they ran for 300 yards on an FBS team. That's when people start talking about Brennan Marion. And they're obviously saying very good things. Um, A bunch of the big websites are writing things about him. A bunch of the Twitter analysts are explaining what's going on. Because, again, this is the first time that a lot of the country had seen it. And, And a lot of the country still hasn't seen it because it's mostly been happening at places like Howard and St. Patrick St. Vincent High School and Waynesboro Area High School. Um, But very quickly, you see these concepts get poached, um, which again is just like a sign that you're doing something right, obviously. It's a copycat league. It's a copycat sport. Um, And when something works, people take it. You'll see the New England Patriots run these formations. You'll see Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma have success with these formations. See the 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 Cardinals uh, do it quite a bit. It has become a, a thing, um, and I'm not sure if this is like the invention of the RPO or something like that. But it does have those sorts of vibes to it, where this is kind of this brand new look, where you're modernizing the triple option. Because for so long, I mean, those of you who have listened to this podcast for a long time know how much I love the triple option. It's basically my favorite thing in the world. I think it's dumb to ever schedule a triple option team. But I'm hyped to see the Buffs go to Air Force next year because I really like watching triple option and it's even better live. Even I know that there are some very big flaws to the triple option offense and they're flaws that basically haven't been solved for 20 years. With this, you're starting to see how those flaws could potentially be covered up. Um, and I think that's what has people so excited. Um, again, this is he, he coached under Gus Malzahn. He has all sorts of different big names at his back. Actually, so he, so he played his college football. It's actually kind of crazy story. Um, he was at a junior college, goes to another junior college, turns into like a, a player coach almost at that junior college, transfers to Tulsa, um, tears his ACL. But when he comes back, he sets the all-time NCAA record for yards per reception as a wide receiver. He's supposed to be like a, a high draft pick, but he tears his ACL again and goes undrafted, winds up in 2009 with the Miami Dolphins. Now, us, us, all of us people who follow the Colorado Buffaloes know something about Carl Durrell, and that's that he spent a lot of time with the Dolphins, including in 2009. It was kind of crazy going back, and this was in this podcast uh, that you guys can find. You should probably listen to as well if you're interested in this stuff. Um, but one of the things that he says, I mean, it's probably like the fourth or fifth name out of his mouth is Carl Durrell. And this is from two years ago when he was the wide receivers coach at Hawaii. Um, he's currently the wide receivers coach at, at Pittsburgh, by the way, which is where he's from. And that's why I really wonder if, you know, if Pittsburgh offers, offers him the offensive coordinator job, Colorado offers him the offensive coordinator job and more money. 
it's going to be a tough call for him is my thought. But, you know, getting back into kind of the story here, Carl Durrell is one of the first names out of his mouth um, in, in that podcast before there's any talk of a job like this. Um, what he does football-wise is it's really, really interesting. And it's worked everywhere he's gone. I think that that's another interesting or important, sorry, point here. I say that other word a lot. Um, but but it's an important point that, you know, he goes to Howard and they wind up doubling how many points per game they score. He goes to William & Mary, same thing, first year doubling the number of points they score. Uh, we talked about the high schools and all the changes that happened there and the success he had there. This offense has worked at every level. And it's kind of a situation where you say, well, how far does it go? And that's kind of the risk for Colorado is, does this just not work? And when you look at it, the concepts make sense. And we'll talk more about the fit with Colorado in a second. But one of the things that Carl Durrell said during his press conference was that he wants somebody who they can kind of work together with and build things and and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be from his coaching tree. You just need to figure out how to work together to build an offense. And I think that that's kind of what you're looking for here, right? Is you use some of this, but you don't necessarily always have two running backs in the backfield, you know, and, and there is some versatility there. And again, I haven't gone back and watched enough Howard to know all the clips you find, everything anybody wants to show you is with two running backs out there. And he says he has 25 formations with the backs side by side. There's got to be some others. Um, I haven't seen them, so I can't say with 100% certainty. But figuring out that balance is obviously very important. Um, again, this is somebody who has been watched by a bunch of coaches. Um, he's a coach's coach. Every single staff has at least some somebody who can say, oh yeah, Brennan Marion, the go-go offense guy. I love how whatever happens. And again, that's the kind of guy who you expect Carl Durrell to go after, right? Is the guy that all the coaches are like, oh, okay, this, this guy might be up to something. And you look through what Brennan Marion has done, and this seems like the time that you expect... To, to see him kind of take this jump. Um, you know, we he, he has a bunch of the small school experience thrown in there in 2015. He was a quality control assistant at Arizona State. Um, he was the wide receivers coach at Hawaii in 2020, uh, wide receivers coach at Pittsburgh in 2021. Um, I think so their offensive coordinator job is open. And with him being uh, an in-house guy, uh, obviously a pretty bright guy from from what I've seen, um, from Pittsburgh, you got to think that he's the favorite to land that job if he wants it. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm really curious to see if this is the route that the buffs go. Cause I think it makes a bunch of sense. You know, first of all, again, I just want to make the distinction. This is not a triple option offense. It's kind of triple option concepts with a bunch of spread concepts mixed in. And so you get this kind of amalgamation. Now, there's 
other things that you look at, like uh, they play super fast. They're they're up tempo. They want to run as many plays as possible. Um, I, I one story he said they want to create a fifth quarter. You know, he want run so many plays that there's basically twenty five percent more game at the end and wear them out. Sounds like a good strategy to run in Boulder in the elevation, right? Huh? Kind of like that. You look at the fact that. He's basically only ever taken over struggling offenses, typically severely underperforming offenses, and he's always been able to turn them around. Colorado's offense fits into that severely underperforming category. You think about who uses the triple option, and it's teams with a talent disadvantage. It's teams that... I mean, it's something he said, you know, it's it's easy to prepare for the same thing. You know, if you're a defense and you're, you're used to going up against trips over and over and over again, it's really easy to get ready to play that again. It's a lot tougher to prepare for an offense that you don't see very often, um, like the triple option offense. And we've got five days to figure out how to stop it. It's really difficult. Now, that part of it is gimmicky. That is the one part that is gimmicky, is thinking this is going to be effective in part because teams just aren't prepared for it. Not just because it's a good offense and the concepts work, because that part is true too. But a piece of it is that gimmicky, well, they aren't going to see it very often. Long term, you don't want to be building off of that idea. When you're in the situation that Colorado's in, um, with that situation being down bad, that's um, been 10 years basically of this with a couple of little bright spots in there. This might be a stabilizing way to go get yourself some wins and build back up. And again, it's not like you're going true triple option. It's a mix of spread and triple option. I mean, again, it's a two-back power run t- offense. It's a deep shot offense, and they've got triple option elements. He wants to be the fastest in the country. They want to have elite discipline. Want to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. You're not messing around, focused on spreading the ball around, taking what the defense gives you, whatever. You're getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. Um, you're, I mean, what else did he say? Oh, he he likes the idea that when you're running those option plays, if somebody screws up, it's fine. Like, it's not ideal, but it's fine. You know, a lineman screws, screws up. Well, guess what? You're not handing off to that running back. You're keeping it yourself. There's always somebody who can make the play right. That is appealing, especially when you look at the offensive line last year. And I think that you see what he's done. And also the fact, again, that it's not like this is some quack running around with, like, a clown car. This is somebody who is well-respected by a lot of NFL coaches, a lot of college coaches, and somebody who Carl Durrell has spent time with um, back when he was his receiver's coach. You know, you it's somebody who coached under Gus Malzahn, somebody who Todd Graham really likes. Um, there's, there's, there's a bunch of reasons to say this is somebody who is well-respected, and this could just work out. Now, does it turn out that after a couple seasons, he's like, ah, maybe tone down this piece and add a little bit more of this? For sure. I mean, that's just the nature of being a coach and 
being young and having an offense that I mean, he hasn't really run it in a couple years, obviously, being at uh, Pittsburgh and Hawaii. But 2019, it was working just fine. I uh, I love it. I really love it. And I think that if Colorado goes out to Lincoln Riley and says, guess what, we're giving you $20 million a year to be our offensive coordinator, and Lincoln Riley says, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sign up and do that. There's going to be a piece of me that's going to be disappointed that they aren't going to get uh Brendan Marion just because I really want to see it. I really want to see it. And I think that there's so much potential there. And you think about the history of the triple option at Colorado. You know, I don't need to tell you about it, but you imagine having Darian Hagen in that in that meeting room helping set all this stuff up. It, a whole lot of what is happening here feels like just a match made in heaven. And it feels like Colorado's football program is in a place where trying something like this makes sense. Because if you're Alabama, are you going to run the go-go offense? I mean, no. It, it's in the, why, why would you? What you're doing is working. At Colorado, what you're doing is not working. Um... What you're doing is not working. And this is something new, and it's something fun, and it's something that I think has a real chance of working. And we've seen it work, not at this level, not even at the group of five level. And there, there's also a chance that that's what's next, is that he winds up being a group of five offensive coordinator, and then it works there, and then, then he gets to take that next, next step. But, you know, it's something... You know, I've talked about with Matt McChesney. I think we've talked about on the podcast before. The difference between him and Darren Cheverini is the fact that Darren Cheverini's played the game. You know, he's been a, a grad assistant. He's been a whatever coach, a special teams coordinator, recruiting coordinator, a wide receivers coach. And when you do your job and do it well, you get to the point where you get an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator. And when you look at the resume for Brennan Marion... He's at that point. He's been a power five position position coach. And the quarterback turned out to be a Heisman finalist. And the year before, nobody was talking about Kenny Pickett being a potential first quarterback off the board. Nobody was talking about Kenny Pickett just at all. There's a lot to like here. And again, I'm fired up. I'm really fired up. Um, that's why I'm doing this podcast in the middle of the night because I'm that fired up. Uh, I really hope that this works out. And if it does work out, obviously we'll be going live pretty quick after talking about it. Um, It just feels like the stars are aligning. Now it could be that Carl doesn't want to go with the go-go. Again, you think like if you're in Carl's situation, what is your thought process? You're, you're no longer safe, Right. I think there there was almost nothing that could happen this season. It would have to be a Jimmy Lake-like season for him to have been gone after this season. I think that next year, if you win five games, you get another year. But then you do need to probably win more than five games. I don't think you're back with five wins. Um, next year, if you win four games, eh, that seat's feeling pretty hot. If it's two or three, then I think Carl's probably gone. And obviously, he's been in the business 
I mean, he's been in the business longer than I've been alive. He is very well aware of that fact. If you're in his shoes, what are you looking at? Are you saying, I want to bring in somebody who's stable, somebody who's coached offenses before? You know, do you promote Danny Langsdorf because he's coordinated decent offenses and there's a level of continuity there and you're trying to get up to five wins? You're trying to add another win this season? Uh, there's There might be a case there. And I think that that's where my brain initially went. But, you know, then you also see this here and say, hey, there's a chance that this really pops. And if you're Carl, you say, I think I can help make it pop. You know, I think that what I do and what he does can mesh pretty well together. And I think that it can help to show our strengths. Again, it's a, let me say it one more time, it is a two-back power run deep shot team with a triple option element so so you go through that two backs if you're Colorado you like the idea of putting two running backs on the field right because one of them's Jarek Broussard the other's Alex Fontenot and then you sub in you know Deion Smith or any of those guys I think that there's probably little tweaks that you throw in there that include uh, putting a tight end in the backfield putting Jaylee Stacks in there because he provides a totally different look. And we were talking about how sometimes they use these guys to block for somebody else. I mean, Jaylee Stacks, Brady Russell, it's tough to find somebody who'd be better for that role. But just, I mean, to simplify that, two running backs, sign me up. That's what we were pounding the table for all season. Deep shot team, and specifically a deep shot team that focuses on getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers. This isn't dump it down, figure out who's open. This is let Brendan Rice run downfield and throw a ball up to him. Love that. And then with a triple option element, well, guess what? Your quarterback can run, and we still don't know if he can necessarily throw. We liked what we saw in the second half of the season, but we specifically liked it compared to what we saw in the first half of the season. So... Oh, one other little note. This is a little side note. He did say you don't need like an athlete quarterback to run it. Um, it works just fine. You just need somebody who can distribute. Um, obviously, if you have Brendan Lewis, there's a chance that this thing really pops off. I think that that's basically all I have to say. I could probably talk in circles and enjoy talking in circles because I just like talking about these things. But we're about to get really watered down if I don't shut up about um, Brennan Marion. Just to reiterate, it does sound like we're closing in on a coach. And, hey, if it's Brennan Marion, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out an A. And I know I'm the triple option guy, and so maybe I'm a little bit biased. I'm absolutely biased, but sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. Before we get to this Lost and Lovering interview, uh, I want to remind you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. If you didn't know, then you're crazy and you don't listen to my podcast enough. But Breckenridge Brewery is basically the best brewery. Uh, it's a Colorado brewery. Uh, they, they have their beers in 30 states now. So if you use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website, it'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever beer it is that you want to try. This time of year, the easy answer, it's the Christmas Ale. It's a good beer that's like aged in whiskey barrels and all that fancy stuff. I don't know what that means for the taste, 
but I do know that it does taste good. Uh, you can pick it up in bottles at like a liquor store, or grocery store. You can also get the mini keg. I suggest the mini keg. If that's an option in any situation, you take the mini keg and not the bottles. And that doesn't just apply to the Christmas sale or Breckenridge or anything. That is life advice. Um, get the mini keg and you will not be disappointed. Also, want to remind you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is the best sportsbook app. They are, you know, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're the official sports betting partner of DNVR. They're America's top-rated sportsbook app. So definitely, if you haven't signed up yet, go sign up now because you can get an awesome special. Here's the way it works. You bet $1 on any NFL team to score this week, and you sign up with the code DNVR. Then, when that team scores, you get $100 in free bets from DraftKings. It's basically free money. Sign up. Take advantage. We've all done it before and gotten our free money. There's no reason not to. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet $1 on any team to score. Win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, here's what Lost and Lovering had to say. Um, I'm not going to like... Typically, when we do these kind of things, I'm like, oh, well, here's a little piece of context for something. And for that to work, I have to have remembered what was said in the interview. And it is currently 12.33 in the morning. And I am not going to go listen back through that interview from two days ago because it's 12.33 in the morning. I can tell you that I had fun talking to Lawson. I can tell you that when he shook my hand, it was incredibly sweaty. Like, incredibly sweaty. And that is why we opened by talking about sweat. And I'm not sure if I hit record in the middle of a sentence or something, but there's hopefully enough context for what's on the way. Um, oh, and I guess if you guys are football people sticking around, Lawson Lovering. Top recruit in the Buffs 2021 recruiting class. Uh, he's a center. He's a seven-footer out of Wyoming. Like, real seven-footer. This is a big guy. And I stand next to him, and it's like, wow. This is, this is like, eyes-to-belly button going on right here. It's kind of crazy. But he's a good kid. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to on the team. And uh, here's me doing that on Wednesday. This was on Wednesday. Out of running. Yeah. Does it, yeah. does it feel like you guys are doing more of that? You got a little bit of a break here? Yeah, Coach wants us, uh, came in the first practice, put in the break, and he said, uh, we're not just going to get in shape. We're staying in shape. We're going to we're gonna get in better shape. And he's, he's proven that like we're just running around, doing a lot of conditioning uh, during the break. When you hear something like that, uh, it's got to be a little disappointing, right? Yeah, it, it, of course it is. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, basketball players, I mean, we want to be in shape, but we never want to run. So, yep. um, but it's something you got to do to um, just become better. And I feel like in our games, we kind of seem out of shape at times. And uh, this will help us going into these next set of games. Yeah, it's kind of weird how these schedules work where you have 
like uh, the game Friday or game Saturday, and then game Tuesday, and then you get the what nine days off before yeah. you play again. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. What, what's it like having these long gaps? Uh, I think it's a good um, time to regroup and hone in on some skills. Maybe um, you know our offense has struggled and kind of just uh, getting a lot of shots up, just a lot of skill work. Just so we've been missing a lot of open shots in our games and. Hopefully, shore those up um, for the next game. So this break is really beneficial to us, actually, just so we can get back in the gym and, and uh, work on our skills. Do you have any plans for Christmas? Just going back home? Yeah, just go back home. Yeah, for three days. Yeah. That'll, that'll be nice to get some yeah. time off, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll still be conditioning, but. Um, <laughs> How do you do that up there? I'll probably just uh, probably just run or go on the bike or okay. probably get some workouts still in at, at my. Um, at my gym over there, so. Is that is that your high school gym? Um, yeah, I can go to my high school gym. I or usually go into the Air Force Base. They have a huge. Oh really? They have like yeah, they have huge gym, ton of ton of baskets. So. Does everybody have access to that? Uh, no, just people in the Air Force. Is your is your family in the Air Force? My dad's in the Air Force. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. What's what's that like growing up with a, a dad in the Air Force? Um. I don't know. It's just, it just. I don't, I don't even really know any different. He's always just been yeah. in the Air Force, so uh, it's, it's cool. He, uh, I mean, he he works 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 weekends sometimes, so that's okay. about it. That's really, that's really anything that's different from any, anybody else. Like he goes with a job, mm-hmm. like any other dad would. So, have they gotten to come down to many of your games yet? Yeah, my dad, my dad comes down to every game, and mom comes down to every game. So okay, yeah. Is your grandpa in Wyoming too? Yeah, my grandpa's in Wyoming. Has he been coming down? He's been coming down. Yeah, he loves it. Is it, I mean, that, that had to be a part of the reason you chose Boulder, right? Yeah. To have family around? Yeah, exactly. Is this a- Exactly, because I live, I live with my grandpa uh, back home. Okay. Yeah, so he lives in our house, so. I just see all the Twitter interactions. They yeah. seem very, very involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's, I've, I've lived with him for a while now, so like, huh. he is very involved in our family, so, yeah. And your dad played college basketball too. Yeah. So is that useful? Does does he still have tips for you? Have you kind of gotten to the point where? Yeah, he's. It's mostly mental stuff that he gives me. Um, he tells me I'm I'm a better player than he's he ever was, but. Uh, <laughs> see, but he just kind of gives me mental stuff and just is what he sees on the court like mentally and like, because that's a big thing for me is my mental game hasn't really caught up to my physical game, mm-hmm. and just improving my mental toughness out there basically when did you start beating him one-on-one i think he just i don't know i probably probably yeah probably like middle school or or freshman year high school okay i mean he got he got fat and slow so (laughs) it's not it wasn't that it wasn't that hard from there his his knees are all broken so Mm -hmm. he there's no way you could keep up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what has just the transition been like now that you've had a few weeks under your belt? I mean, what you've played 10, 12 games. It's kind of crazy to think about. Is it, is it what you expected? I guess is the first question. Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah, I, I knew I was going to struggle in the beginning, which I kind of have been. But um, I know I knew I'm just, I was going to just keep getting better and better as the season goes on, which I, I feel like I'm doing right now. Um, you know, it's not. It's not as difficult as I thought it would be uh, playing on the court um, hmm. and, and do the things you need to do on the court, but it is definitely a, it's definitely a way bigger challenge than, yeah. than uh, previous level. So, but it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be, and I, mostly that is just practicing with the guys for so long. 
and playing at this level, this high speed and level for a while now. Do you what what feels different about your game from like a month or two ago before season started? Um, I'm playing I'm playing bigger. Um, I'm playing huh. more like I'm a seven footer, and not just like crouch, just like a six seven dude or something. something that, yeah. So. Is that like yeah, just punching has, over? Is that jumping more? Is that it's just playing big? It's like um, just playing, just trying to play the ball higher. And yeah, like probably like Steve's been trying to improve my posture a lot huh. lately, which is something I need to work on. So I, I do slouch a lot. It's easy making to do my, when you're that making, big. Yeah, making myself smaller. You know, ducking through doorways and everything, you know. Yep. But uh, just gotta, I got a ways to go with that, so I'll, I'll figure it. I'll figure it out. And hopefully, hopefully, I have a lot better posture by the end of the season. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Uh, how often? How often were you playing guys who were seven feet tall in Wyoming? Never. Uh, <laughs> probably tallest guys were like six eight, six nine. What's What's it like now seeing some of those guys? Guys who, who might even be bigger than you. Um. I mean, it's something crazy. I knew they were out there. Um, it's just, like, it's kind of interesting just to watch, like, how they move and how they play and seeing how, like, just kind of learning from how they play, too. Like, being similar size, we kind of have to adjust our games differently to everybody else. So um, I just kind of try to watch those guys and try to learn from them, the guys maybe that are more experienced than me. So... It's nice to know that they're around. <laughs> yeah. um, you've got uh, you've got one more game against you know like Ken Palm has them at like two fifteen in the country or something, but but then you go to Kansas or Kansas yeah. comes here I guess, and then you're just into Pac-12 play. Yeah. What's it like just knowing that that is around the corner and the level of competition jumps up quite a bit? It's gonna be hectic. Uh, I know that Bakersfield game um, after that ga- after that Bakersfield game is gonna be hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can feel it coming. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this wind out here. It's like a storm is just like brewing right now. I I, I feel it coming. So um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a long conference season. I I know, I know and uh, just gotta be prepared for that. And you get a, a Kansas coming in here too. Like I mean, does, is that something that hypes you up? Like. What does that feel like, knowing it's going to be a packed event center? It's going to be kind of hot. I haven't really even thought about it. I'm just thinking about CSU Bakersfield game right now. Okay. But then I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably think about that quite a bit once, <laughs> once, I, once that game comes up. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's all I got for you. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.